Should pastors endorse candidates from their pulpits, and should their tax-exempt status be threatened if they do so? And today, a prominent pastor and televangelist has apologized for his remarks blasting the Catholic Church. But does he mean it? And is Hillary Clinton about to launch her exit strategy? We'll discuss this all today on Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't believe that I could be the best president for West Virginia and America. All right, that's Senator Hillary Clinton. She and Obama are campaigning in West Virginia and Kentucky. Uh, But is she revealing today that she may be out by next week. We're going to listen later in the program to another quote. She may be hinting she's on the way out. But now let's hear Obama, and uh, he believes that Kentucky will be the state that puts him in the White House. If you'll vote for me, Kentucky, on May 20th, then we'll win this nomination, and we will win this general election. All right, that sounds like a rock concert. Uh, but you've got Clinton, you've got Obama, and you've got this evangelical manifesto this week, uh, Penna, that's come out. It's getting a lot of attention on this program last week. People still writing about this week. Dr. Bach in the Dallas Morning News today. Later in the program, I'm going to ask this question. Is this document a pass? Does it give pro-life evangelicals a pass on voting for pro-abortion candidates like Clinton, like Obama. We're going to talk about that later in the program. And here's a new candidate announcing yesterday he's running for President of the United States, former Congressman Bob Barr. My name is Bob Barr, and I'm a candidate for the presidency of the United States of America. I will be seeking the nomination of the Libertarian Party, uh, for which I'm a proud life member. Wow, Bob Barr is an interesting character, Dr. Johnson. I must have interviewed him at least a dozen times during the Clinton years because he was an impeachment manager yes. in the House of Representatives, and he's a real privacy hawk. Uh, and now he's a member and actually works for the ACLU, among other things. So it's going to be an interesting candidacy if he does, in fact, get the nomination from the Libertarian Party. But also, as the Jeremiah Wright controversy has dogged Barack Obama, some of his supporters are bringing up televangelist John Hagee's endorsement of John McCain as sort of a similar type issue. Uh, Reverend Hagee has made some strong negative comments about Catholicism. He apologized for the 
Communities today, and we're going to discuss this later in the program. Also, since 1954, there's been this major tension surrounding pastors' ability to preach on candidates' positions on the great issues of the day. We talk about it on this program. Abortion, marriage, life, family, religious freedom. The common view, though, is that if a pastor endorses a candidate, his church should lose its tax-exempt status But is this really constitutional? Shouldn't pastors be free to exercise their First Amendment's rights talking about these issues and the candidates? Well, this whole question is going to be tested this summer. And, Dr. Johnson, we will talk about it later in the program with Eric Stanley. He's an attorney with the Alliance Defense Fund. All right, Penna, that's coming up at the half hour. But right now, everyone is remembering, of course, uh, Obama's former pastor, Jeremiah Wright, saying many American, any American things, uh, unpatriotic things, and even some unchristian things when it comes to inclusivism of folks being saved without Jesus Christ. And we've talked about that here before. And uh, a lot of folks saying, hey, for Obama to sit there and listen to that for 20 years, well, that tells us something about his character. Well, one of the responses the Obama team has uh, been shooting back is, wait a minute, John McCain has been endorsed by John Hagee. And John Hagee is pastor of the Cornerstone Church in San Antonio. Uh, He's all over television, Mm -hmm. and he's a very effective pulpiteer. But uh, Hagee endorsed McCain. McCain received the endorsement. It was a public event. But now they're they're nailing McCain on this because uh, Hagee has said before that he thought Catholics were uh, part of an apostate church. He identified the Catholic Church as the great whore. Well, today he came out and apologized, apologized for these statements. He wrote a letter to William Donahue, president of the Catholic League, and Hagee wrote, out of a desire to advance a greater unity among Catholics and evangelicals in promoting the common good, I want to express my deep regret for any comments that Catholics have found hurtful. Now, what I want us to do today is go back and listen to a couple of these statements, because one is about the Catholic Church, the other's Katrina, the hurricane, and uh, again, Team Obama has been, you know, putting this albatross around the neck of McCain to say, look, you've got your own pastor problem, and I, I want our listeners to start weighing in. The number is 800-881-9270. Do you think Hagee's comments uh, rise to the level of disqualifying McCain in the same way that Wright's comments seem, perhaps, uh, to disqualify Obama. What do you think? 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. Now let's listen to Hagee's comments, and then you call in. This is the great whore of Revelation 17. This is the Antichrist system. This is the apostate church. In this cup, if you will read it in the book of Revelation, is the blood of the saints. This is talking principally about the blood of the Jewish people. Where? From the Crusades that happened back here. From the Spanish Inquisition, from the Holocaust. When Adolf Hitler came to power, he said, I'm not going to do anything in my lifetime that hasn't been done by the Roman Church for the past 800 years. I'm only going to do it on a greater scale and more efficiently. And he certainly has done just exactly that. All right, that's John Hagee, pastor of Cornerstone Baptist Church. Again, calling the Catholic Church the apostate church, calling the Catholic Church the great whore, Penna. And uh, a lot of Obama operatives are saying, look, 
McCain's been endorsed by this man, and will McCain uh, renounce this? Uh, what do you think, Penna? Well, McCain's already made the case that this is not the same as Jeremiah Wright. Uh, John Hagee is not his pastor. He's right. got another pastor in Arizona. <laughs> right. uh, but John Hagee tends never to be politically correct, and he certainly isn't in this case. But I think he sees that he's going to do a lot of damage to his candidate uh, just by offending Catholics across the nation. All right. He tried to apologize. Will that work? And uh, is this equal to Jeremiah Wright? And the kind of unpatriotic and unchristian things that Jeremiah Wright, uh, Obama's pastor, has said. Well, we got a caller on the line, Joshua from Waxahachie. Um, Joshua, thank you for calling. What's your view? Oh, we lost him. He's off the air. Well, let's go back to John Hagee because there's another issue. Let's get both of these out here before we start taking the calls. And again, you can call us at 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. Here's the other problem statement that Hagee made after Katrina. Hagee said, look, this is really a judgment against the city of New Orleans. I believe that New Orleans had a level of sin that was offensive to God, that there was to be a homosexual parade there on the Monday that the uh, Katrina came. And uh, the promise of that parade was that it was going to reach a level of sexuality never demonstrated before in any of the other gay pride uh, parades. So I, I believe that the judgment of God is a very real thing. And I believe that the the Hurricane Katrina was, in fact, uh, the judgment of God against the city of New Orleans. All right. Well, there's the other statement, Penna. I heard Al Gore ask about this on NPR last week, and he laughed and said, well, the reason he thought it wasn't a judgment of God is the French Quarter remained unscathed. And why would the Lord have passed over the heart of the wickedness? Uh, well, we've got callers on the line now. The question really is, is this going to hurt McCain in the way that um, uh, Jeremiah Wright seemed to hurt Obama? Let's go to line three. We've got George from Dallas. George, thank you for calling. Uh, what's your view? Well, I don't think it's even remotely the same. For starters, Hagee apologized for his comments. And, yes. And, and Jeremiah, Jeremiah Wright, not alone did he not apologize, but at his next opportunity in the yes. media, he decides to go ahead and pile on and even be more yeah. offensive than he already was. Hmm. As you stated earlier, you know, this, he's not McCain's pastor. You know, he's just another pastor who's endorsed McCain. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, I don't, they're not even remotely close. They're not even remotely the same thing. And, again, this is just another example of the Obama camp, you know, doing everything they can because they know that this is going to be a huge issue come November. You know, one thing this does show, Dr. Johnson, to me anyway, is that John McCain is not quite understanding the evangelicals because he courted John Hagee even uh, last summer when he was not doing well. And, you know, in a sense, that is not the pastor that represents the evangelical community. There are other pastors, and then p perhaps he was courting them, too. Safer, that would, that would not uh, be the one yeah, that you should pick. <laughs> we got J.L. on the line from Dallas. J.L., thank you for calling. What's your view? Well, sir, as she was just saying, um, John Hagee has made so many mistakes. A true Christian who, who's a Bible-worshiping Christian doesn't listen to what John Hagee has to say in the first place. Hmm. And the second thing is, was Pastor Wright, I believe that uh, Obama has been trying to get away from him. And I, I know that there's been mistakes made, but 
as we're going into these elections, shouldn't we just be opening our Bible and asking God to deal with this instead of criticizing and bringing up the criticism instead of looking for positives? Well, we're trying to uh, look at the pros, look at the cons here on this program. In the next segment, we're going to talk about this Evangelical Manifesto and really how this informs or misinforms Christians on their political involvement. And I've not spoken to this yet. I know it's been debated on this program in the last week and a half. Now, we got James on the line from McKinney before the break. Let's get to James from McKinney. What's your view? Dr. Johnson, thank you and Penna for taking my call. Um, as far as I know, uh, John McCain is not a member of the Cornerstone Church of San Antonio. Right. Uh, as far as I know, he hasn't donated money to... Uh, John Hagee's ministry. The opposite is true for Obama. He has sat under uh, Reverend Wright's teaching. He has donated money to that church. And so those two are two totally opposite things. I don't think you can correlate those two together. All right. Thank you so much, James. Well, uh, let me tell you what I know about this situation. The common thread between McCain and Hagee is Israel. It's support for the nation Israel. Uh, Hagee founded an organization several years ago dedicated to support for Israel, Israel in the Holy Land, based upon Bible prophecy that Israel has a right to that land, and we ought to be uh, defending Israel against the terrorists. And John McCain is pro-Israel, and John McCain, early on, uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago, was attending these rallies, these dinners, and one of really the highest-level politician there at the, at the dinners, uh, the pro-Israel dinners. I've been invited to those the last two years, and that's the common thread that brought them together. And we've got Tony on the line from Dallas. Uh, Tony, uh, what's your view? Tony, you're on the air. Tony, on line three, is off the air. Okay, sorry we missed you, Tony. Maybe you want to call back over the break. We'll try to get you on. When we come back... Uh, I'm going to address these two statements because uh, it's not just about politics. Was Hagee right about the Catholic Church? Hagee called the Catholic Church the apostate church. He called it the great whore. We've got a call of Catholic listeners here. Folks down in San Angelo, you'll want to know what I think about that. When we come back, I'm going to address that claim by Hagee. He does still believe that, by the way, even though he apologized for saying it out loud. And what about his claim that Katrina was a result of the judgment of God. Well, let's look at that statement when we come back. Also, is Hillary Clinton hinting that she's going to bow out uh, in, uh, next week? And what do we think about the Evangelical Manifesto? Is that really a pass for Christians who are pro-life to vote for pro-abortion candidates? I believe it is, and I'm going to tell you why when we come back. It's Jerry Johnson Live with Penn Dexter. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. 
That's chriswill.edu. KCBI, remembering our past and celebrating our future. Travel back with us 32 years ago, back to 1976, when Dr. W.A. Criswell announced the new ministry of KCBI. I have a glad announcement to make this morning from Richard Curley, who is a moving spirit in establishing our new radio station, KCBI. This will be the first day that our new station is broadcasting all three of our services. It is a station not that belongs to the First Baptist Church. It belongs to our biblical center, our Bible Institute, and will soon be in operation 24 hours a day. I passed by an institution in the city of Dallas and a man stopped me and he said, listen to that. This was Friday and I stopped to listen and he had it tuned to our radio station and it stays tuned all day long. We thank God for that and are looking forward to an increasing blessedness as the gospel message is broadcast in song, in sermon, in scripture exposition, in biblical lessons that are taught on that new gift to us from heaven. KCBI, remembering our past and celebrating our future. We thank God for the vision of Dr. Criswell, Richard Curley, and the Criswell College in establishing KCBI. And we believe God will use listeners like you to take this ministry to the next level. A ministry of the Criswell College and Criswell Communications. This is 90.9 KCBI. All right, it's great to hear that uh, that accounting of the beginning of KCBI. And let me tell you, we've started a new program last week, 7 o'clock every Sunday night. You can hear Dr. Criswell preaching one of the great classic messages uh, this Sunday night. This is the first time uh, this is announced uh, here on the air. Uh, you're going to hear the message the Gospel of Isaiah. It's one of the most unusual messages I ever heard Dr. Crystal preach. That's this Sunday night at 7 o'clock on KCBI, KCRN, and KSYE. You don't want to miss that, 7 o'clock on Sunday night. Well, we're asking the question, is Hagee's comments, are Hagee's comments about the Catholic Church, uh, about Katrina, uh, equally damaging to McCain as Jeremiah writes, are to Obama. We've got Jackie on the line from Fort Worth. Jackie, what do you think? Well, I think uh, Hagee's comment about the Catholic Church mm-hmm. is nowhere near as significant as what uh, Obama's pastor said about America. Why is that? Well, it's one thing. It's one thing to be against a certain religion or. or or something like that. It's a total other thing to be against your country. Well, I think that's important, Jackie. You know, if you do believe the Great Reformation and Martin Luther and John Calvin and and uh, essentially the division between Protestants and the Catholics, 
Uh, the old-time Protestants said things very, very similar to what John Hagee had to say. Charles Spurgeon would talk that way uh, just 100 years ago. So that's right. a historic line of divergence between Protestants and Catholics. Uh, he's not too off the mark there. Don't agree with everything he said, but we've got to move on to our next caller, Tom from Wataga. Tom, thank you for calling. What's your view? Well, Dr. Johnson, I'm, uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I'm a former Catholic, and uh, yes, John Hagee has some different views on things, but he's he's on the money on that. The foundational plank of Catholicism is uh, the Eucharist, which is a false Jesus. Mm. And uh, they also teach that they worship the same God as a Muslim, which is, is blasphemy. Mm. So, uh, you know, in, in regard to that, uh, uh, we, they need to be witness to. There's no question about it. Well, thank you, Tom. I want to refer our listeners to go back uh, into our archives. All these shows are archived, and we've done entire shows on Roman Catholicism with Dr. Street, and you can listen to those to, to get an analysis, really, on Catholicism versus evangelical or Protestant Christianity. Let me just say where I think Hagee is right and where he's wrong. Hagee is historically right about the Catholic Church um, endorsing... Um, Really rough treatment of the Jews during the Crusades, during the Inquisition, and even uh, in the Holocaust. Uh, the Catholic leaders in Europe turned the other way when Hitler did what he was doing, and Hagee is right about that. I happen to think he's wrong when he tries to read into the book of Revelation an equation of the Catholic Church with the great whore, the Catholic Church with the apostolic church. I just don't know if you can read that into the book of Revelation. I think that could be a mistake. But there are serious differences between Protestants and Catholics, but uh, we do agree on the doctrine of God. We agree on who Jesus is, and the Catholics and evangelicals agree on the sanctity of human life. So there are many things where we can work together. We probably can't do evangelism, and some forms of uh, gospel ministry certainly can't do church together, but uh, he probably went over the line there, and McCain uh, doesn't want to be identified with that. What about uh, Hurricane Katrina? Well, that is a mystery to know why uh, God allowed this hurricane, or if God sent it, or if it was a judgment. We just cannot know the judgments of the Lord. There are a lot of reasons. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis 3, God has uh, said the earth is cursed because Adam and Eve were stewards, and um, uh, they... Uh, they really brought that curse upon the earth, and we know all creation is groaning. We've seen this uh, great earthquake penna in China as another example. Is that a judgment of God? Well, as we know, all of these things are a judgment of God on the sin in Genesis 3 and following, but specifically that area. I mean, I think Gore's question is interesting. Why was the French Quarter spared if this was a targeted New Orleans judgment? I think, again, Hagee, a shooting from the hip, comes back to apologize, but I have to agree with our listeners. Uh, look, McCain is not a member of Hagee's church. McCain hasn't sat under his preaching for 20 years. They have common cause on Israel. That's it. And um, McCain really doesn't know the evangelical landscape, and you're right. He did uh, identify with somebody that's sort of out there on the edge when he should have gone to Dobson or somebody like that if he wanted mainstream evangelical uh, Christianity. But let's talk about what's happening with some of the other candidates, Penna. 
Well, Hillary Clinton uh, has been saying, of course, that she's going to continue along. In fact, yesterday she read a letter from uh, someone that uh, was sent to her on Mother's Day talking about the lady in the pantsuit is the one that gets to say it's over. And so, you know, (laughs) that was a pretty strong statement from Hillary Clinton. Uh, But there's also this ad that she put out, and it was to her supporters. It went out there on Monday, and let's listen. Well, we couldn't have competed without your help and really without your sustaining friendship and support. Uh, That's really all I want to say tonight is thank you. Uh, Thank you for all you mean to me. Thank you for what you believe in, which are the beliefs and values I share. Thank you for caring so much about our country. And now it's on to West Virginia and Kentucky and Oregon and uh, we'll stay in touch, and I hope that uh, you'll continue to let us know what's on your mind. Wow, we'll stay in touch. You sort of have to read a little bit into this ad, but it kind of makes me feel like she's laying the groundwork for mm-hmm. her exit, mm-hmm. gradual mm-hmm. exit or what? maybe an exit mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe she's laying the groundwork for a vice presidential, you know, hopeful, hope. Maybe she's hoping for that. I'm very sincerely skeptical of that. And the other um, possibility is a candidacy uh, in 2012. I mean, some people have said, we talked about it yesterday, that she's actually trying to sabotage Barack Obama so that McCain might win, and then she might run against him in four years. Who knows? Wow. Well, if you look at the Dallas Morning News today you're going to see Hearing the Evangelicals, Tuesday, May 13. And uh, the discussion, the debate continues about the Evangelical Manifesto. A hundred evangelical leaders signed this manifesto. Uh, people like our good friend, Dr. Daryl Bach, uh, Bach, right here from Dallas Seminary. He's a frequent guest on this program. We love mm-hmm. Dr. Bach. I have other friends who signed the document, like Dr. Danny Aiken and Ergen Kanner and many others, Timothy George. These are good men. These are solid Christian leaders. Um, but um, I have some concerns about this document, uh, you know, and I really uh, like what Dr. Albert Moeller has written in Baptist Press, and I want to encourage our listeners to go see what Dr. Moeller has written. He shares a certain kind of concern. And um, my observation about this document is that these are uh, many of these people are really good theologians and they're really good evangelists and Christian thinkers, but they're naive in terms of the political world, and that's not their area of activity. And they're really trying to make a political statement, um, and I th- I think it it's, uh, reflects a certain naivete about what's going on. Um, a couple things that really bother me about this penna, and that is that they are critiquing single-issue evangelical political action. And um, and at the same time, they espouse the Wilberforce biography, legacy, and style of outreach. And I want to talk about that for a minute because they say, look, we know that um, we should be pro-life and pro-family against homosexual marriage, against abortion. But we've got a list of other issues, poverty, global warming, so on and so forth. And what they say is, look, evangelicals can't focus on one or two when it comes to political action. There needs to be a broader concern. And uh, I want to tell you, if you believe that human life is made in God's image, if you believe there's a right to life, if you believe abortion is the killing of a million children a year in America, and you're going to follow Wilberforce's model, 
Wilberforce picked slavery, and he said, I'm giving my life to this in the Parliament. I'm going to campaign on slavery. Yes, he had other general concerns, but his focus and his biography is not about those other issues. It's about the slave trade. And if he were alive today, he would be, I think, a single-issue Christian activist. He would be laser-focused on a million abortions a year in America. Well, much more on this, I hope, when we come back later in the program. I'm just out of time here, Penna. We'll be right back to ask if pastors should be able to endorse candidates from the pulpit. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Penna Dexter. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. We do not have a field of candidates currently or anywhere on the horizon uh, that understands and will raise the issues that are important to the great heritage of America, the history of this great land, the principles on which this great land was founded. All right, that's Bob Barr, former U.S. congressman, and he's running as the libertarian candidate for president of the United States. And one of the emphases of the Libertarian Party is uh, an emphasis on freedom. That is the meaning of the word liberty, freedom, freedom of speech. Uh, is there freedom of speech in the pulpit? Well, uh, not really. At least that's what uh, some pastors think, and the Alliance Defense Fund is questioning. And this is out of the Wall Street Journal on Friday. It says uh, a conservative legal advocacy group is enlisting ministers to use their pulpits to preach about election candidates this September, defying a tax law that bars churches from engaging in politics. With us to talk about it is Eric Stanley. He is senior legal counsel with the Alliance Defense Fund, heading up this effort. Eric, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Will you tell us about this effort? Uh, What are you sort of attempting to make happen in September? Well, this effort is all about uh, our belief that pastors have a right to speak biblical truth from the pulpit without any fear of punishment and that no one should be able to intimidate pastors into giving up their constitutional rights. So we're asking pastors to preach a biblically-based sermon evaluating the candidates for office on September 28th, and hopefully that will trigger uh, a uh, confrontation with the IRS where uh, the IRS will then be recognizing that pastors and churches have a constitutional right Uh, to speak biblical truth from the pulpit without intimidation or fear. So you're counting on Barry Lynn, uh, Americans United, to take the case, to challenge this, to get the IRS on you, and uh, to get a test case to go all the way up to the Supreme Court? Well, you know, what what we have found over the last several years is that the intimidation of churches by these leftist groups like Americans United for separation of church and state, they have used the IRS, and it has grown to a point that Really, ADF has no choice but to respond. A lot of people may not realize it, but intimidation and fear of the pulpit has been going on for several decades now. And it's time to reverse that and to allow pastors to have that right to speak biblical values from the pulpit without any fear of punishment. This is Jerry Johnson Live. Our guest is Eric Stanley from the Alliance Defense Fund. Eric, could you go back in history and talk to us about uh, the specific piece of legislation that, uh, quote, outlawed uh, pastors endorsing candidates from the pulpit, and uh, talk about what it was like before that law uh, in America. 
Well, sure. You know, it's, it's important to remember uh, first that churches have, were tax-exempt long before the IRS even existed. They've been tax-exempt even before the foundation of our country. And pastors spoke freely from the pulpit yes. without worrying about any tax exemptions until about 1954. That's when Senator Lyndon Johnson amended the tax code to prohibit any speech from the pulpit about a political candidate. Uh, and this amendment, the Johnson Amendment, was passed without any debate or analysis. Uh, and what we are saying is that the... And by the way, wasn't he trying to marginalize uh, black churches in the South? Do you know? What, was, what well, was he up to there? Yeah, the Johnson Amendment really was a revenge motive uh, that Lyndon Johnson had against uh, uh, some nonprofits in the South that were opposing his candidacy for the Senate. Uh, Johnson slipped this amendment into the Congress without any debate or analysis. There is no, there were no committee hearings. There was no report done or anything. And oh, suddenly overnight, churches were prohibited from speaking from the pulpit about biblical truth about candidates for office. And this project seeks to restore the pulpit to what it, it is, that the pulpit should have freedom. It is the pastor who should determine what the sermon is, not the IRS. And we want to restore it back to what it was at the foundation of our country and what the Constitution says that pastors and churches can do. You know, Eric, I think it's important because I served as a pastor for uh, over 10 years. And I think it's a separate question that pastors and their people would want to think through. Is it wise for a pastor to endorse a candidate? Is it biblical for a pastor to endorse a candidate? But that's properly a question for the pastor and his people. This is a separate issue and that is whether the government has a right to say you may not endorse a candidate or you lose your tax-exempt status. you think it's important that we distinguish those two questions? It, that is a very important distinction, because what we are saying is that a pastor should be able to choose the content of his sermons without IRS intimidation, um, and that that is not the, the job of the federal government to come in and put conditions on what a pastor can say from the pulpit. Uh, it is the pastor's job to determine what should be said from the pulpit, and that in conjunction with what his congregation uh, needs to hear. And so that's really what we are saying, is that pastors have this right to speak this biblical truth from the pulpit without any fear of punishment, and that no one should be able to use the government to intimidate pastors into giving up their constitutional rights. Erica, can I get something kind of clear, because it's it's muddy in my mind, and that is, right now, as it stands, um, do you think, uh, in your legal mind, that if a pastor preaches on one of the great moral issues of the day, like abortion or marriage, you know, what the Bible says about it, and then says, well, this candidate for president you know, stands this way on it, this candidate stands another way, I mean, right now, would that be challenged, and, and, you know, how would that challenge do if it were challenged? Well, I think right now that kind of a sermon would be challenged, uh, and in fact it has been. Uh, the IRS launches these investigations against churches based on really flimsy allegations and complaint letters that are given to the IRS by groups like Americans United. Uh, it happened to uh, a church in Pasadena, California a couple of years ago that preached the exact same sermon that you just mentioned. And what ended up happening is the IRS came after the church. The church stood up to the IRS and said, we're not going to cooperate. And then the IRS ended up closing the file and not coming after the church. But this is what happens, is that the IRS will investigate, and then they will step back. And then Americans United and other leftist groups will 
bring flimsy allegations against a church, and then the IRS will investigate and then step back. So it's intimidating. It's intimidating. Yeah. It creates this atmosphere of intimidation, and pastors should not be intimidated into giving up their constitutional rights. That's what this project is all about. Eric Stanley from the Alliance Defense Fund. Eric, I remember preaching years ago, and uh, I, an old person came up to me in my church and said, I can't believe it. You named that politician. You criticized them. <laughs> and... Uh, we're you could be turned into the IRS, and I well, said, I would have loved to have heard some of these sermons. And I said, <laughs> "Let them come. I would like nothing better than a you know good old fight with the IRS about this." So I don't know where you guys were back then, but I wish you would have uh, been around in Colorado in the uh, late '80s. I was really going after it. But let me ask you this, uh, because this is uh, as we're moving away here. If a pastor is out there who has strong convictions about the family homosexual marriage, about abortion, because we've been talking about this evangelical manifesto, and um, really, I think, uh, this is a call uh, to compromise, that's my view of it, on some of these pressing moral issues of the day. But let's say a pastor says, well, I would really like to know uh, about this campaign. What's the website? What's the contact? Where can they go to find out how you'll help them? Well, absolutely. And, you know, we encourage all pastors who are interested in this, they can go to the website. It's real simple. It's telladf.org forward slash church. That's telladf.org slash church. Or they can call us at 1-800-TELL-ADF. There's information on the website about the project, what it is, what it isn't. Uh, and there's information for pastors to sign up, and then we will contact them to get involved. But we, we are encouraging pastors to do this. It's very important to restore the freedom of the pastor to choose what is said in his sermons from the pulpit to get the government out of that censorship business and to not have pastors be intimidated into giving up their rights. Eric, final question. Has the Supreme Court ever ruled on the constitutionality of that law? The Supreme Court has never ruled on the constitutionality of that law, and neither has any other federal court. All right. Well, let's challenge it. The IRS has had its voice. Now it's time for us to have our voice. All right. Well done. Well, thank you, Eric Stanley from Alliance Defense Fund. And we'll talk to you later. Thank you. You know, uh, the whole point of the Bill of Rights is to keep government from encroaching upon our freedoms. And the freedom of speech is not qualified. Uh, When you look at the founding documents and things like the Federalist Papers and the commentaries, the only uh, qualification on free speech is this old illustration of shouting fire in a packed theater, you know, and, you know, if you're endangering the lives of people immediately on the scene or inciting some kind of a riot. But uh, the idea that the government could tell people in an assembly in America uh, what can be said and what cannot be said, um, I would think liberals would rally to that cause because they're against uh, you know, government control and so forth. And I think Eric is really on to something here. But I actually want to segue to something else that's in the uh, founding documents, and that is the right to life. I want to go all the way back to the Declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by the Creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these, the right to life. Liberty is second. Free speech. Mm-hmm. But life is first. And this is where I think, and I want to go back to this evangelical manifesto. This is where our good friends who signed this, I think, have made a big mistake. The fundamental right is the right to life. Without that right, you have no other rights because you're dead. And the founder said, God gives that right. 
And you can't have a culture, a society, a country without that right being protected by the government. Any government who won't protect that right is an illegitimate government. And I think Christians have to unite around the right to life. And um, that's why we should be single-focused when it comes uh, to these political elections as Christians. Well, coming up next, uh, you hear Indiana Jones there. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, there's a breaking story about a German archaeologist on the trail of the Ark of the Covenant. And the movie's coming out May 22nd. Also, Narnia coming out May 16. So when we come back, Penn and I will talk about these two movies and this development. It's Jerry Johnson Live with Penn and Dexter. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. All right, Indiana Jones is back and will be in the theaters. I believe it's May 22nd, of course. And, you know, the first two movies, um, a mix. You had Raiders of the Lost Ark, then uh, Temple of Doom. And uh, then he came back, I think, with a better movie, movie which was um, The Last Crusade. So, uh, But now the Crystal Skull, you know, what's that going to be about? I'm a little uncomfortable with the theme. I guess we'll just see. Uh, but I'm a, a Jones kind of a fan, so I hope it's a good movie. But, Penna, there's actually a real story about the Lost Ark in the news. Well, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing Harrison Ford at his age doing everything <laughs> he did in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. But, you know, that movie, of course, was about uh, search for the Ark of the Covenant, and this has been a source of controversy for centuries, a quest to find uh, the Ark or so certain surrounding artifacts. And uh, it's regarded as the most precious treasure of ancient Judaism. And uh, now it looks like uh, a German archaeologist has actually found something, made a discovery. Uh, they've claimed to have found the remains of the palace of the Queen of Sheba and an altar that may have held the Ark. And uh, this is Professor Helmut Zeigart. He's of the Archaeological Institute at the University of Hamburg. And uh, he's been supervising this dig in Ethiopia, in northern Ethiopia, since 1999. They have now found this artifact, and he says from its dating, its position, and the details that we have found, I am sure that this is the palace. So I guess is this uh, important, Dr. Johnson, in your mind? Well, uh, we'll see. It's um, like the uh, 
casket of James and right. the ossuary of James, and um, you know, you wait for peer review for other archaeologists to say, you know, it's long been thought that the ark might be in Ethiopia, um, but I know very good archaeologists and scholars who believe it's in Jerusalem. And I know some who believe they have it now, and they're rebuilding the temple now, and they're gathering this furniture now. There are others who say it'll never be found. It's gone. and uh, So it's not so for us to know? We don't know. And, of course, you know, as Christians, I think um, in terms of salvation, in terms of the focal point of worship, you know, the ark doesn't have the significance it used to have because we have a greater revelation that uh, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, the blood that he shed was applied um, for our sins at the real mercy seat, not the throne on the Ark of the Covenant where the law was, but uh, in heaven, the blood of Jesus Christ was applied, and God is mercy seated for us. That's what First John says, First John 1, 1 John 2, and uh, that word propitiation it means that when Christ died, his blood was shed, and that blood was applied to the real uh, mercy seat, and God's wrath, God's righteous judgment upon our sins is satisfied, and we can be forgiven. And so you don't have to sprinkle the ark uh, with the blood today, uh, you know, sacrificing an animal and sprinkling it on the on the ark, but there's a powerful symbolism in that, which I love, because the priest would sprinkle the blood on that ark, which had the Ten Commandments, showing that the law would be satisfied, but he would also sprinkle that blood on the people, which shows that they had an application. They received that atonement. And that's really the question for you as a listener. Uh, One half of that has already happened. That is, Christ died on the cross for your sins and applied this blood um, to God. That's what Paul says. God was reconciled to us. The world was reconciled uh, in the death of Jesus Christ. Now be ye reconciled to God. Will you have that blood sprinkled upon you? Will you receive Christ? Will you believe? Will you take Christ? And so um, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Be ye reconciled to God. You need to turn to Christ. Uh, Another movie more directly, I think, connected uh, to the biblical story coming out on May 16th is The Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. And we've talked to our good friend Ted Bear before, and we'll have him back on, I think, this week before the movie comes out. I'm planning to do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he has said that this movie really is the message of Acts. And I think that's interesting because how does the church respond after Jesus has ascended? And he goes through an analogy here to say, you know, Lucy in this book uh, is the only one to see Aslan for a long time. They don't see him. And... Um, the others see him later, but he thinks it's a symbol for how Christians dealt with the ascension of Christ. I don't know about that, but it's very interesting. Uh, I think there's a, another powerful image that he talks about in the book that there are these battles and the Pevensey children feel like they're the essential players and it all depends upon them. But really the book shows that Aslan is orchestrating events and who shows up when and how the victories come. And it's almost like a chess game, and they're the points. Yeah, so uh, God is in the control tower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're in an airplane. We feel like you know our pilot is in control, and we're 
you know, the masters of our own destiny and fate. But the fact is, God is the air traffic controller, and much more than that, obviously. But he really, uh, Dr. Criswell used to have a famous saying, we can see from A to B, but God can see from A to Z. And that's why I want to encourage people to listen to Dr. Criswell at 7 o'clock this Sunday night, because he had some tremendous sayings like that. But I do encourage you to go see uh, this movie. You going to check it out, Penna? Oh, of course I am. I I try to go to these movies on the opening day. But, you know, C.S. Lewis always talked about uh, being out of time and where God was outside of time and could see the whole picture. And I love uh, these movies coming out because now a broad audience gets to see uh, either a wholesome, beautifully done movie, if that's, you know, where they are, or if they're a believer, there's just so much richness that you can look and, you know, say, you know, was that a biblical concept or not? And, you know, maybe you're not sure, but most of the time I think it is. All right. Tomorrow we have a very special guest. Um, If you liked the movie Hunt for Red October or the book by Tom Clancy, tomorrow night the real Russian officer that inspired that book and that movie will be on Jerry Johnson Live the hunt for mm. Red October, the real thing uh, tomorrow night. Uh, also, I want to remind you again to tune in, hear Dr. Crystal Sunday night at 7 o'clock. And uh, how about this? Check out the Southern Baptist Texan this week, Crystal College, the front page, and the headline. We talk about these archaeologists. You'll see... Um, the headline, the front page of the Southern Baptist We've got Texas. our own archaeologists. That's here. right. The Pasche, the Pasche Institute for Jewish Studies doing two or three archaeological digs a year. And you'll see one of our students holding up an ancient coin. And you'll read about uh, what we're discovering here at Criswell College. Incredible place to be. Uh, Penna, thank you so much tonight. Sure. And folks, thank you for tuning in and for calling in. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Penna Dexter. And we'll see you tomorrow. been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.